Hey, this is Keith Jones, the president of Hockey Operations of the Flyers. Hi, I'm Paul Holmgren. Hey, I'm Travis Konechny. Hi, this is Travis Sanheim. Hi, I'm Joel Farabee. Hey, I'm Scott Lawton. This is Dan Helfer. Hi, this is Bob Clark. And you're listening to Snow the Goalie. 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 Well, here we are. I'm not looking at TV, guys. I, I just I want to get a little bit of clarification here. We're we're post game. We are live. We've been talking about the potential of eventually doing these post game shows. And and you and I did one of the morning after shows. Um, and we decided that you know what? That did so well. People were so into that, and it did a nice number on YouTube, and it did a nice number, a very nice number in the podcast feed that we said, you know what? We're going to give it a go. We're going to give it a shot, and we're going to see if we can make this thing work again. And so we are here with a special post-game edition of the morning after. It's not really the morning after. And in fairness, two of the three people on this video right now thought that this game started at 7 o'clock, and one person bailed them out. I'm going to let the people know that it certainly was not me who bailed anyone out. So it was either Ant or Bundy. One of us knew what the actual time of this game was. And the other two did not. I want you to let us know in the comments section below who's the responsible person who knew what time this game was at. Uh, we have a lot to get into in this game because um, the Flyers had moments where they looked like a competent team. And then they had moments where they certainly did not. We had some standout performances at different points of the game by some of the younger guys on the team. We certainly saw the youth uh, on this team as well on full display. But before we get into it, I just wanted to thank everybody who's joining us live, of course. This is the Snow the Goalie post-game show, the morning after. It's early, all right? It's not that early. It's not the morning. We decided to do this in the afternoon so that if you decide that you want to spend your Sunday morning, you want to wash this game away, you can still enjoy some post-game, and then tomorrow you can start new, go in with good vibes, an open heart, open mind. So let me get to the man to, well, my left over there. That's Anthony Sanfilippo. Find him on Twitter at Philly. How are you doing, Ant? And are you excited to be doing this live post-game show? Just the three of us. <laughs> we can make it if we try. Huh? Are you, you trying to get me to want to get off the show before we even really get started? Because <laughs> then it'd be the do? two of us, Bundy. Hey, if we, nah. we can no, make it. Was, it, 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 was good to, it was good to sit down and actually watch regular season hockey again because as you guys know from if you if you were with us um the morning after the the opener against columbus i didn't watch one second of it because i was at the phillies game right so it was nice to actually sit down and watch a uh an nhl game um in in front i mean i would guess i wasn't wasn't there in person i was watching it on my tv but a game that mattered and guys playing um although the flyers didn't have a great game let's be let's be blunt and honest it was not a good good game for the flyers but it was cool. It was it was nice. It was like, kind of brought me back a little bit. Again, rainy day. You're dressed a little bit warmer, sitting in the house, you know, watching the game. It was cool. It was great. Yeah. So, um, in that regard, I'm I'm actually pretty you know pretty happy about the, you know what what took place today to be able to sit there and watch some hockey. So, Bundy, uh, I'm I'm going to let the cat out of the bag. You're the one who knew what time the game was actually taking place today because you had to go do pregame radio, which I listened to by the way. I was on the way back for my son's soccer game, and I heard your dulcet tones on the radio, and it made me feel warm and fuzzy. How are you? And before we start breaking down what actually happened in this game, how does it feel now, two games in, to be back doing radio pregame? How you feeling? Are you excited? 
Yeah, like riding a bike, Russ. You know, I stayed fresh on this show. <laughs> this yeah. is always my priority, guys. Is this my real passion uh, when I come on? But it's the same. Just it's like picking it up, riding a bike, letting the fans know what the game, what I, my thoughts of the game, maybe thoughts of a couple of players. Uh, yeah. But really, you know, I mean, that's that's radio, right? And we come on yeah. here it's a little bit more uncensored, uh, a little bit more. Uh, you know, who we are and the real people. So again, I, I, and I'm with Anthony today. What's interesting today with a game like that, right. And, and it kind of shows you still how much they're still trying to climb into things. There are a lot of no shows today on the flyers guys that had been there before and they were real no shows. So that's going to really piss the coach off. And uh, it's going to kind of set things back a little bit, just knowing what I saw last year. He may, he may just ignore it, but, the guys, like I said in the pregame, Russ, I don't know if you heard it, one of the, and I actually see something on a comment. One guy I was looking to see him step up today was Morgan Frost. He was a no-show again for the second game, right? And that was my guy today to keep an eye on. Um, he did some good things second half of last year, but he was an, a guy I wanted to see. Also, Tippett today for me didn't have a great game. And uh, the defense, I think we saw what we might see quite a bit this year when there's pressure down low. It wasn't awful. It was not awful, but there was not a sustained uh, group of four lines coming at you. Uh, probably played the fourth line too much in that game, to be honest with you, for my liking. Yeah. There was too much skill on the Ottawa side. Uh, uh, but that's what happens sometimes early in the year. Coach with a team where he's trying to, to find out who they are will rely on a fourth line a little bit more than he probably needed to. Yeah, and, and you know, and I, you know, I know everybody wants to talk about individual players, and we'll get into them. We'll get some comments from the from everybody. Keep the comments coming; they're great. Yeah. Um, but but I but I I kind of agree with you. I'm glad you brought up Morgan Frost because I thought honestly thought that whole line was was bad. As a matter of fact, that you know, Torts changed the lines around. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was he had to because the second period was a disaster. Yeah. Um. Even though even though they briefly cut it to three two. Uh, on York's goal, which was a nice play, really all the way around by you know Walker and York and Konechny with a nice touch pass, um, but you, you take that that out of it, the second period was all Ottawa. It was it, it was such a tilted ice, and so there were guys that were just not good. But I'll say this, Bundy, when you have periods like that, even if it's just a period, right, and and the ice is that lopsided. Doesn't that speak to just how far this defensive group has to go? Because they can't break they can't break out of the zone. They can't generate a rush. Like that was to me the thing that was most noticeable watching this game. It was like, my God, these guys are just you know, they're just overwhelmed by good forechecking. And that's what Ottawa did. Give Ottawa a lot of credit. They had a great forecheck going. And and it just was just like this defensive group just wasn't there, you know? It yeah, just was, it's not there today. Yeah, and you know what's funny too? Like when you look at the game, like I, I actually thought for the most part that Travis Sanheim played a pretty good game today. You know, he was getting up the ice. I don't know if you're laughing at me and saying it, but the play at the end of the second period can't happen. No. That's the kind of play. Like, so you can make 20 good plays, but if that one play happens, all's gone. Like, like that's, 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 to... that's the problem with uh, just uh, the problem with being a defenseman is you can't have that kind of a mess up. When you're having a good night, because unfortunately, that's a goal that breaks the camel's back. That's all the ultimate stick on the camel's back that broke yeah. it today with that goal with six seconds left. And, and, and doesn't he have to in that moment? Look, and he makes a nice play to actually get the puck, right? I mean, right up at that point. So, again, you're talking about it making a good play, which he did. 
But then, you know, you got to know the time and at the time of the game, where you're at. There's five seconds left in the period, or eight seconds left in the period when he gets, when the puck gets turned over. Don't you just go and put that behind the net and just kind of eat it and say, look, we're going, we, we had a bad period, but we're going in down one goal. Like we got it. We're going to get away with this. Instead, yep. he's trying to come out of the zone for no reason. And, you know, Drew lifts his stick, makes a pass, Kachuk scores a goal. And now all of a sudden it's a two goal game. And, and you know that they're not coming back in the third period. Yeah, and, and the three biggest words we say in a, in a meaningful hockey game is when we go back to the locker room, it says time, place, and score. Boys, time, yeah. place, and score. Yeah. So that that is a critical point right there of time, place, and score in a hockey game, knowing that – was it his fault? No, Drew made a good play. But you should never expose the puck into a situation where it's funneling into the middle of the net. Nothing good is going to happen opening your body and the puck towards the center of the ice in your D zone. With six mm-hmm. seconds left, Ottawa's not going to get scored on. The Flyers don't have the capability to move the puck all the way down the ice and score with five, six seconds left. The only team we can is Ottawa, and the only person who can stop that pass from going out is the puck handling defenseman, in this case, Sanheim, who, by the way, I thought got his ass up the ice today sometimes. He's trying to make a difference. But those are the plays, man, in your own zone you just cannot allow to have, have happen. Um, I want to get to some of the comments, and I want to remind people that this show, what we're doing right now, we will be doing in person this Tuesday, 6 o'clock. 6 o'clock, be very careful, is when the game starts. We will be going live with pregame. It'll be myself. It'll be Ant, who will also then be chugging across that street, baby, or at least getting, uh, will he get a golf cart? Will he get a, uh, a Gator cart out there to get him from Wells Fargo Center over to Citizens Bank Park for game two of the NLCS? I don't know. But and and I, I will tell you one thing. If he's yeah. going, I'm going right behind him. He's yeah. pulling a rope behind me. I'm going in the game after with him. Somehow they're going to let me in. I don't know how, but you tell the guards at the I gate, I'm going to go stand in the standing room behind it. I don't have a ticket, but I'll be there. I'll tell you what we'll do. Here's what we're going to do. <laughs> I'm going to sit on your shoulders. We're going to get a big trench coat. Okay? Do one of those. I'm going to speak Spanish. Security will get confused. We're going to get in. Me and you, Bundy. We'll do it right after post game. We're going to figure just, it out. Just so you know, too, guys, and if you're listening to the broadcast today, the game, there's a change in the game. And I know that we heard as for some events going on down there. Well, I mean, it's to me, it's one event. I mean, I don't really care yeah. about the kickball across the street. It's a baseball game. So the Flyers have moved their schedule up to um, to six o'clock. So we, yeah. I will be doing pregame. We're going to talk more about this game. Pregame, at, I would think at 5.30, and then we're going to be hammering at home uh, on press row postgame show afterwards. Yeah, so we've got the pregame show that Ant and I will do. The three of us will be doing intermission, and then probably just Bundy and I, I believe, are going to be doing postgame. It all depends yeah, by that on, point, by that point, on how, have, on how yeah. the Phillies game goes. So yeah, um, we will be street. in the arena. We're still figuring out where we're going to set up. The goal is, even though we call it press row show, and it was always in press row, our desire is to be out among the people. So once we know where we're setting up shop, and we might honestly not know until Tuesday, an hour and a half before game time. When we know, we will tweet that out. We'll put it on Facebook. We'll put it on Instagram. We might drop something on TikTok. So wherever you follow us, we will let you know where we're going to be. Please, by all means, come hang out with us while we're doing pregame, while we're doing intermissions, while we're doing postgame. We want people to be around. We want there to be life to the show. You can come take a picture, shake Bundy's hand, uh, tell me I'm short. Tell Ant that you've been reading him since his Delco Times days. Like whatever it is that makes you happy, I think you I had come a find us. Back then. And, I think I and used a typewriter. What did they do before the typewriter? Like when you no, were getting your no, 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 no. Right, anyway. First of all, it was typewriter. Then TS80 was like the original. 
TS-80. You, you, you don't even know is what that, that is? Is that the one that has like the scrolly thing? Like it, it's like the next level. It doesn't matter. There was yeah. a game today. Let's get to the game. Let's get to the game. And let's get to the people. Because as we were trying to transition here a little bit, we do this show live. We'll be doing it from Press Row-ish somewhere in Wells Fargo Center. We will be taking your questions, comments, and concerns. It's an interactive show. We're not just going to sit there and bloviate for a half hour, 40 minutes. Sometimes we will. But for the most part, we're going to go to you, to you, the people who decided to watch and to listen. So let's get to some of the comments that people had out there. And I have seen this a lot, and I think that we should address this because, Bundy, this is a guy that you especially have had an eye on. Um, Mark Simpson says, Frost sucks, been saying it. Robert Rebel says, Frost invisible again. There have certainly been some stretches in the preseason, Frost looked good. In these first two games, he has not looked like that same guy. Is there something that stood out to you as being like, maybe this is what's going on? Like, where where has Morgan Frost been? You know, for me, I, I, I know exactly what I think it is. I mean, you've got to play strong and determined between the hash marks. Like, if you can play up and down the middle at ice and going into the front of the net, there's too much perimeter going on with that line right now. And when you play around the outside, you start hoping that shots go in rather than giving it a real good chance of not just hoping, but making a, a, an effort that it does go in. And the only way to do that, and I can tell you as a former defenseman, because nothing has changed in the history of the game. You put traffic to the net, you funnel bodies to the net, and you have a shooter in position, you're going to cause a lot of problems for the other team. They haven't done that. He hasn't won any corner battles. Neither has Tippett. You know, I mean, I'm going off both of them. But I promise you one thing, they've, uh, Morgan Frost has kind of been in the shadow bow wow with torts. You don't yeah. want to do that. He's got a new deal. They have expectations of him. You know, last year was kind of a look and cease type of thing. Mm -hmm. I'm a Morgan Frost fan and I have been, but he's got to do, he's got to pick it up a lot more than that first two I, games and hundred percent. I'll tell you guys the one thing and why I've been critical of him Bundy. And, and cause I, I do see the talent. I do see what's there, and that's what you know. You say you're a Morgan Frost guy, and I am, and, I, yeah. and I and I understand why, right? Because you see it. The one thing that I don't see is the consistency in games that are what I call harder games when the other team is coming at you, playing some physical physical style, you know, banging you into the boards, and right, you have to go fight for the fight for the puck in the uh, along the wall and, and dig it out and go get it. I think he's a guy that. Puts up numbers in games that are less important, in games that are against weaker opposition. I, I think when you play a team that that brings it, I haven't seen it yet from him. And that's what I think they're still kind of evaluating. Okay, he took that step in the second half last year. He had a really nice second half. And you could see what they what they love about him. Like you could see that in his game. But you have to show it when when the opposition is being being hard against you. And I today I felt like I felt like Ottawa brought it a lot, and you knew they were going to. It was their home opener, right? It's a big season for them. They got to they got to be better, um, and it's it just like he wilts in those games. Maybe it's just one game. We'll we'll wait and see. But that's been my one bit of reluctance with Morgan Frost to to buy into him as a as a guy that you can count on night in and night out. Now I do want to make sure that we point this out to people. If you're watching on Twitter. We love you. We appreciate you. If you're calling it X, we still love you and appreciate you. If you're trying to comment on this video because you're watching on the Snow the Goalie Twitter or X or mine or if these guys stream to theirs, yeah, I we can't, we can't see your comments in what we're looking at in the back end here. 
if you have a YouTube account and you're willing to go over and find us there on Snow the Goalie's YouTube channel, certainly drop a comment, a question, a comment, concern on YouTube. We're happy to get to as many as we can. If you're on Facebook, same deal. We can see you. Twitter, for whatever reason, the post-Periscope days. We can't bring those comments on screen. So if you can join us on YouTube or Facebook, we'd appreciate it. If not, you know, keep plugging away and just spam Anthony on Twitter with your thoughts and eventually he'll, he'll, he'll just give in and break. Um, there, there was another, there was another guy that people I think had looked forward to a lot. And it's somebody that people have been really excited about. And that's Owen Tippett, uh, who we had on the show before. And he seems like a guy who kind of has the John Tortorella mentality, the, the coach me hard, the coach me up, you know, straight shoot. Uh, today was not an Owen Tippett masterclass. We have Lester here, Lester, Lester who checks in. Tippett complete no-show, said that Cam York was awful, Lawton was a no-show, Stahl is what he is, hot garbage. I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot to take in there. Let's focus on Tippett for a second. Where do you guys land on how Tippett looked in this game today? I, I don't think he had a great game. Like, like Bundy mentioned it right off the top. Um, but then again, not a lot of guys did. Um, yeah. for, the fourth line, I mean, and, and, and you can't rely on a fourth line all the time, right? I mean, they were the guy. If I look at a, if I look at the lineup, I say the fourth line was really good. I felt the you know the the Couturier line was meh, and I felt like the the the, the third line was meh, but that set and the second line I didn't think was good at all. Um, yeah. So, but that's but I mean again, it's kind of hard when you're playing in your own end the whole time. Yeah. Right. I mean, you know, yeah. and I, I felt like that's that was part of to me. It was we could sit here and say, oh, and Tippett didn't have a great game. OK, maybe he didn't, you know, um, but it all comes down to how you're playing. You got to get the puck out of your own zone. And they yeah. were just it was they were in front of heart the whole game. Like, I don't know. I, I, I just felt like the the warts on defense really came out today. And look, you had Emil Andre out there playing his first game in the NHL. And there's a lot to like about Emil Andre and his future. Emil Andre is not ready no. to play against a, a team like that. Just not. It, it, so I wanted to talk about I wanted to get to his goal, but or the not his goal. The goal that the first goal of the game that he was yeah. was off of his turnover, Bundy. So the, the first play he makes, he rims it, right? Yeah. Which isn't a bad rim, right? I mean, you're trying to rim it up. There's a player up there, Lawton's up there, but he gets, you know, he's being checked on the play. And the puck comes back in. But the second one, the puck's kind of in the corner, and he doesn't go hard after it, almost as if he's bracing for the contact first. Yeah. You can't do that, right? You got to just go damn get the puck and get it out. Because if you're bracing for the contact, you're going to either not get to the puck, or if you do, you're going to turn it over because you're yeah. going to get drilled. And that's yeah. exactly what happened. And 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 that leads to the goal. That's that's something that a rookie has to learn the speed of the game at this level, right? Yeah, absolutely, and he and he exposed the puck a couple times as well in that. And then when you know the guy, it was a it was a simple play, get the body and then the puck right after it. But he that was a play right there where you watch that sequence and you could say to yourself, "That's a rookie," right away. Like there's no doubt about it. That was a complete rookie defenseman shift in his first game, first few games. Probably we'll see more of that. You know, like there's a development part for defensemen. And by the way, when I talk like this, guys, I'm not sitting here like I'm the the holy Jesus of non turnovers. Like I've made plenty of them, <laughs> some of the most brutal turnovers ever. But you learn from them, you know. And I and 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 that's what staying in the league is is to not make those turnovers. So I just want to say that 
there's critique, but I was cr- critical of myself when I came out of the game. So yeah, certain plays you just yeah. can't make. But that that was a rookie game for a kid that hopefully we'll learn from it and, and get some video from those guys and show them the mistakes he made and then build from that. Yeah, and it's and, and look, I put a tweet out right after it happened that said what will be more interesting to me is not the fact that he made a turnover in his first game that led to a goal by the Ottawa Senators because, frankly, it doesn't matter. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter. Right. What I wanted to see is how he responded to that. Did he then suddenly become – you know, a little bit more skittish on the ice. Did he suddenly look like he didn't know what to do? I felt there were times where he looked inexperienced. I felt that there were times where he didn't make the right play. Um, he gambled at one point that led to a break, didn't lead to a goal. Um, but, you know, uh, Forster was skating around with the puck, didn't pass it, didn't pass it, goes around behind the net, comes out the other side with the puck, and then, and then Andre tries to cheat in from the point. And the puck gets turned over, and now Ottawa's got a three-on-one the other way, right? I mean, so mm-hmm. so again, there's a play where that's probably not the right time to to, to cheat in from the blue line, um, but he didn't. I think he made a couple of of nice plays as well, like in there. So I I don't think that he was overwhelmed by it, but at the same time, I also thought that that he made enough rookie mistakes that you're going to sit there. I'm telling you right now, when Rasmus Ristolainen comes back into the lineup, yeah. and it will be for Tuesday's home opener. Emil Andre will be back down on the Phantoms, and that's just that's all there is to it. Is it the way it's going to be? So, uh, but it was good. It, look, it's good to get him this game, so he knows. Holy hell! Look at how fast it is at this level. Yeah, I got to go down to the American League and learn how to play at this speed. And once I do, I'll be fine. It's one of the beauties of what the season is, right? Like I know that sometimes people get like kind of lost in their emotions. They get lost in their feelings about play the kids versus like I. There, there's a comment over here somewhere. I'll I'll find it again about, you know, like, why is Nick Sealer on the team, which we can get to in a second, because I thought there was a there was a standout moment that Nick Sealer had in this game. That is a positive sign. It tells you exactly yeah. why he's on the team. Um, but when when you think about it, and we talked about this with Jonesy, by the way. So if you're new to the show and you haven't and you just found us, thank you for finding us uh, earlier this week when we announced that we've partnered with the Philadelphia Flyers. And like we talked about the mechanics of that and the fact that we're going to remain objective because they can't control what we say. <laughs> Lawyers contracts. It's great. Um, we talked about you know, with Jonesy, this idea of play the kids versus, you know, vets and how you you balance that and you make it work. This is one of those times where you sit back and you say, hey, yes, there's an injury to Rasmus Ristolainen and perhaps they gave you a little bit more roster flexibility to be able to flex in an, an Andre or a Zamula, but you do get the opportunity to play some of these young guys and really figure out what you have or at least give them that moment, like you said, to see what it looks like at this speed and at this level. Cam York last year, didn't start with the big team. That was, you know, if you remember, and I, I was pretty frustrated about it because I said, like, you need to have the kid see what the game looks like and figure out if he can process it at that speed yet. All right, fine. Things ended up working out. Cam York, I think, is, is going to be on, on his way. Emil Andre getting to have this start, to get to see this, to then go down to the A and kind of play at that speed and start to work his way up. It's all good. It's all beneficial. Now, I do want to get to the Nick Sealer point. Uh, and if you're looking in the comments tune, you can find it before I can, by all means, pull it up. Um, what this but, one? <laughs> yeah. Why is Nick Sealer here from Tom Tara? Yeah. Yeah. So there was a moment in this game where Tyson Forster, one of your young players, one of your skill players, one of the guys that you think is going to be somebody that you can build around in the future. He gets run into the board, right? And who steps up on his behalf? Nick Sealer. Nick Sealer gets in a fight. And then when that fight is done, where did Tyson Forster go? He didn't go back to the bench. Where did he go? 
goes to the box, and he goes to thank Nick Sealer for standing up for him. Bundy, you're the former flyer. Can you explain to people why that's so important and why it's important to have a guy like a Nick Sealer, even though, yes, this is a rebuild, why it's important to have him as somebody who can look out for these younger guys? And before you answer it, Bundy, this, I think this kind of ties into Mark Stahl, too, why he's important for these guys, even though he didn't have a great game today. So they're like glue guys, you know, and that's what happens. And let me tell you, like, you know, when you really boil down the NHL in a nutshell, I mean, there's more Nick Sealers than there are Victor Hedman's. Right. Like in terms of the, those type of depth players, um, that's what makes Nick Sealer unique. You know, his ability to go do that, to be a good teammate. And when you do those kinds of things, you know, I always said like, you know, when they haven't had like tough guys, even back when I played or the 80s, when it was really prevalent and every team had two or three. And, you know, you had like stage fighting at times and it was great. Fans love it. But now it's really about making sure that your players can feel comfortable. And if a guy gets hit, you know that somebody has your back, especially if it's dirty. The one thing, though, guys, I will tell you that I do not like with the NHL, and that was not a case. I hate the fact that if there's a good hit, guys have to respond to it every time. Uh, that's yeah. the that's the worst for me. Like if a guy's going to hit a guy and it's a good hit, so what? Go on and play hockey. That's part of the game. You know, you don't yeah. have to go in and step in every single time there's a good hit made. But um, Nick Sealer's a good teammate. He's here for that reason. And he brings an element of toughness and provides, uh, you know, some stability defensive-wise. Is he optimal on a team that's going to carry in the playoffs? No. But, I mean, we knew that coming in, and and that's why Nick Sealer's here. There's yeah. a Nick Sealer. There's two Nick Sealers on every team, uh, skill-wise, when you really boil it down. The fifth, sixth, seventh defenseman, two or three, that's the way that the talent pool falls into those spots. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say this, and I because I say this all the time, when we're talking when I'm talking on, on baseball podcast because teams like, oh, the Phillies this, Phillies that. And I say, look around the league. Just watch you know what you're complaining about with your team yeah. is either just as bad on other teams or if not, even worse. And and you know, it may not be worse in hockey, right? In all honesty, because the Flyers are going to be towards the bottom of the standings. But if you look, even the good teams have Nick Sealers. Right. I mean, even yeah. just because of the way that the salary cap falls, you have to have guys like that in your on your third pair or as your seventh defenseman. I mean, it, they just do. And so for people, yeah. you know, and I, I was funny, like it was it didn't take long. I started to get people tweeting at me today that, you know, why is Mark Stahl on this team? He sucks. He shouldn't even be here. Blah, blah, blah. blah. Yet this is the same guy who was playing 20 minutes a night in the Stanley Cup final for the Florida for Florida last year. Right. I mean, he played really really well in the playoffs last year yeah it was he didn't have a great season regular season but play, played great at that time of year why because he's a veteran with experience and he's here you heard jonesy say it T tell us on this on our um uh, announcement podcast he said he's here to help our young kids learn how to be pros at this level and play at this level and then when the time comes if mark Stahl wants to go somewhere else we will accommodate him he will tell us when he wants to go, where he wants to go. I mean, could you, what more could you ask for? That's what they're telling you. They're telling you why he was brought in. They're telling you why he's playing a little bit. And he's gonna—he's not gonna play every game. He's gonna—he's gonna have nights off. There's gonna be times when Mark Stahl's the healthy scratch. And they're telling you that when the time comes, if Mark Stahl wants to go somewhere else, they'll be happy to accommodate him, thanking him for coming here to help these young young defensemen. There's nothing wrong with that. You should be happy that that's, that's the approach that they're taking during a rebuild. If this team was trying to be competitive, then I'd be right on board with what everybody's saying. Why are you playing these guys? But if, but if you're in a rebuild and you're trying to get the young players playing the right way, 
this is the this is certainly the way to have it go. Now you mentioned that he'll tell the Flyers where he wants to go when he wants to go. Another guy who once told the Flyers where he wanted to go and pitched a fit about it was Claude Giroux, who the Flyers played against today. The former captain of the team. He was We're talking uh, about him. We're talking about him. Well, you know, there are some other shows out there, <clears throat> TV, that you know would rather spend an entire pregame show to talk the about the former captain than about the actual team that plays here that people are supposed to care about. I don't want to get the Giroux sycophants to like freak out in the comments now. Okay, we're not trap. I'm not. Well, these guys, do Ant doesn't trash him. I will just say, uh, can we talk about the penalty that he threw a hissy fit about? where he ripped Look. the stick out of the hand, threw it in his own bench, and Dude. it was like, what am I going to the box for? What's this? Dude, what I will say this. I will say this. Yeah. Those officials today, both yeah. ways, were god-awful. Mm -hmm. They're in mid-season form in the NHL awful. standards. I mean, you, just, you could just see the reactions on these guys' faces. Like, they were just yep. rolling. Their, the players were rolling their eyes. The coaches were rolling their eyes. It was as poorly officiated a game as I've seen. Right, Bondi? What I mean, what about the fucking hit on Coots? He goes and bumps the guy, like just pushes him to the boards. Two minutes. That ends up kind of changing the course. There's your Bundy bomb. There were people there taking guesses. That was I mean, 28 gotta, minutes and 45 seconds in. I got to save it for bigger things, but that's fucking brutal. Like, you can't call that. Yeah, you cannot call a penalty like that unless the guy smashes his face into the glass and he got ran from behind. I mean, you would have thought by the look of that hit that it was Steve Downey hitting Dean McCammon by the neck about 50. Remember that hit? Yeah. I mean, that was the poster child for getting run over. You Absolutely. know, and it was in Ottawa. But come on. You start taking a play like that out of the game, you're yeah, – inter interference by the ref. That's what it yeah. was. That hey, was by tough. the way, we have to address this because this has come up a few times uh, in on Twitter especially and in some of the comments of the videos that we had this week. When we do the Press Row Show at Wells Fargo Center, we are going to keep it G-rated. All right, so Press Row Show we have to because it's essentially a streaming pre-intermission postgame. So we're kind of abiding by the rules that exist for like TV and radio, right? We're we're trying we're going to keep it kosher. All right, we're going to keep it G-rated. But this is not the Press Row Show. This is essentially an extension of the regular podcast where contractually we are allowed to speak however we've spoken before in the past. So if you're new to the show and you're unfamiliar with the Bundy Bomb, Whenever Bundy says that special magical word that starts with the letter F and it's not fire truck, uh, he gets the Bundy bomb. Now, sometimes people like to play over under. Sometimes people like to go into the show and they like to take a guess of when it's going to happen. I did see some people saying around the 16 minute mark. Bundy got there in about 28 minutes and 45 seconds. When will it happen the next time? Remain, remain tuned in. If Bundy does it at, in, at Press Row Show, we're going to have an actual problem. But for this week, we're totally fine. Evan Atkins asks, Bundy Bomb t-shirts. I can tell you, it's currently in the process. Don't worry. There will be a Bundy Bomb shirt, perhaps even as early as opening night, maybe. Yeah, you we were looking, we were looking at Bundy some Bomb designs. I, I will yeah. say we, we were looking at some designs already, so we're, we're, we're working on it. <laughs> yep. Look at this. We've got, we have, now, now it begins. <laughs> 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 Here we go. So, 
That's a baseball uh, reference. That's a baseball that's reference a, that's right Cassianos there. That's a reference right but there. But I did. I mean, you got I got to use that word when it's appropriate. That was an awful call at Coach. Like, I mean, come on. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's a also, sticky tack call, and it's it changed the, the the look of the game at that point. It's just just bad refereeing, really. Well, is. I mean, and yeah. even and even the penalty to start the third period, the interference on um, Sanheim where the, yes. the defenseman skating backwards and like trips over him skating backwards, you know, that's not interference. That's just yeah. two guys that just happen to accidentally have their skates catch each other. Um, in, in, created by the, the, the Ottawa player, not by the flyers. And then you go down the other end and Brady Kachuk absolutely flips stall stick out of his hands without the puck anywhere near them right so that yep. you want to talk about the difference with interference one is not interference one is just what happens on the ice in hockey the other one is absolutely interfering with your ability to play the game and doesn't get called and then of course Ottawa you know Kachuk scores a few seconds later mm-hmm. um uh, on the power play so that, I mean that the officials basically gave Ottawa one of their five goals not that it would have yeah. changed the outcome of the game I'm not saying that to, to be a complainer but it would have it, it, but the, the calls were so bad, the one call one way and one not being called, um, that it gives basically gave Ottawa a goal. Yeah. Um, I, I think we should get back to some of the questions, comments, concerns. By the way, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you hit that little uh, thumbs up button. That helps us in the algorithm, helps more Flyers fans who are looking for post-game shows right now find our show. So please give it a thumbs up if you can. By the way, if you haven't already, subscribe to the YouTube channel. We wanted to get to about 2,000 at the start of the season. We're very close. So if you feel so so inclined, and I hope you do, hit that subscribe button and ring that bell. Because when you ring that bell, you'll get notified whenever we go live with a new episode of Snow the Goalie, the Press Row Show, the morning after, even if we do it very early like we did today. Um, all right, let's get back to some of the questions, comments, and concerns. We had people who were saying that it felt like the game was stolen from the Flyers early on because of bad calls. No. I can't agree with that. Um, you get bad calls against you, sure, but they they did not look like the team that deserved to win this game Yeah, in, in any way. Uh, let's go here. Francis Izzo says, I had the under for the Bundy bomb, but predicted it would be on the Coots hit and a horrible penalty call. I do want to throw this out, guys. Um, I believe, and I could be wrong, what was the score today? 5-2. 5-2. So that means that in our unofficial uh, scorekeeping, which I'm going to do now, this is going to be a thing. We're going to come up with a prediction for every game. We'll tweet it out. Um, we didn't do our episode where we do the first 20 games. We'll get there this week coming up. Uh, but we're going to do every game. We're going to make a score prediction. And the point system is really simple. If myself or Ant or Bundy get the result correct, it's one point. If we happen to land on the exact score, it's another point. So after game one, both Ant and Bundy had two points. They got the result right, and they both got the score. After today, they each got another point for getting the result right, but not the score. So currently, the standings are Ant and Bundy three, Russ zero. Now it's a long season. Maybe I was feeling a little bit <laughs> Maybe I decided that, you know what? The two people on Facebook who said we're corporate sellouts now, who said that we're employees of Comcast, which we are not. Um, maybe I was drinking the orange Kool-Aid and I said that they were going to go. I thought they'd have a better showing against the former captain. They didn't. So Bundy and Ant currently lead 3-0. Or in honor of the soccer game that will be taking place across Nil. the street Nil. from the uh, home opener and NLCS game too. Three nil. Yeah. Three nil. Uh, right. Here's a good question. Yeah. Um, 
how long can they keep doing the Forster Brink and Emil Z flip-flop? Who eventually, if anyone, do you see heading to the Eye Valley? Well, um, like I said earlier, it was going to be the um, – good call, Michael, uh, betting opposite of Russ. Um, as of now, um, it's going to be Andre gonna, Andre's going to go back down. Like, he played the one game. They, they just wanted him to feel the, what it's like, the speed of the, NA, of the NHL. He's going to go down and play um, in Lehigh Valley as soon as Risto comes back, which I believe is going to be for Tuesday from what I'm hearing. Um, as far as the other side, the forwards, Brink and Forster, I think you might see a, that kind of play a little bit. I think you might see them go back and forth a little bit um, to kind of see who, who fits there. I think Brink's ahead at the, at this point. I honestly do. I think if they had to send somebody down right now, if they're going you know, to yeah, gun to your head, who goes down? Uh, it Forster goes down and Brink stays. Um, but I think that in, it, you're going to see them kind of have a little bit of back and forth for – for a little bit um at least anyway uh hey really quick scott walker hopped in here and said i heard you guys are the only flyers podcast the people's podcast i've heard that too i've been told that we are in fact the only flyers podcast uh we got an email i have to tell you this really quick again i think that a lot of people who are here watching us on live stream are familiar with the show they understand the show they understand the tag the only flyers podcast but we did get an email earlier this week i don't remember if i told either of you guys this somebody emailed me and said uh, you guys are not the only Flyers podcast. I'm not sure if you're aware. And they were being earnest. They weren't being sarcastic or, or, or douchey. They were just like, I don't know if you're aware, but there are other Flyers podcasts in the city. And I responded, no, there aren't. We're the only Flyers podcast. And then this person's mm -hmm. like, well, I'm pretty sure. And they like sent me the name of like one other show. And I said, well, no, I don't know if they're a podcast. I don't know if they do it. And then I explained that like this is the thing that we say. But anyway, only Flyers podcast, people's podcast, players podcast. We're also the only post game show. I don't know if you knew that or not. Uh, anywhere on any media. We're the only one. Clearly not true. Uh, all right. Um, there are some other things going on over here. I'm just looking to see. Uh, we have people who want us to be uncensored on the Press Row show when that happens. Sorry, folks. Uh, maybe if we renegotiate next year, we can try to uh, do that. But for now, no. Um, Robert Hunton chucks, checks in. It was 3-2 and the boarding penalty was called on Coots. Absolutely changed the momentum. Turned into a blowout after. Agree? Disagree? Well, it it did. I mean, it changed. It, it definitely changed the the. It it definitely changed the momentum. I mean, they didn't score off of that penalty, right? I mean, but I, I still think that the pen the penalty on Sanheim at the start of of the third period was the was the one that was just kind of like, oh great. I mean, uh, yeah, was it? Yeah, it was at the start of the third period. That was the killer. I mean, that you're down two goals going into the third period. Yeah, the scoring, giving up the Sandheim turnover, giving up the goal that makes it 4 2 um, kind of sucks and takes some momentum away from you. But you're still down two. It really only takes one goal to get back into it, right? But as soon as it gets to that to that point, it get, then it becomes 5 2. Forget it. That's it. Like the, it, you put the nail in the coffin at that point. Mm -hmm. So to me, that's, you know, the, the, the turnover by Sandheim and then the, the penalty on Sandheim. That shouldn't have been a penalty, and that subsequent power play goal by Ottawa uh, is is the difference. I, I I was not in love with the power play, even though they did score a goal on the power play. Um, Konechny scored, I think, but that was on the five on three. Um, I was not, I, I was not in love with what they were doing there. Bundy, I, look, I know a lot of teams do this, and I. I don't ever remember you guys doing it or, or even the generation after you, it's probably more this generation, which is two generations removed from your era. But 
and I understand what the premise of it is, but I don't see the value in it when you don't have special talents on your offense, on, on your power play rather, to just skate to the red line while everybody else is sitting back and then throw the puck back into your zone to have the guy who's skating up ice with speed carry, try and weave his way through four guys into the zone with the puck. What is the benefit of doing that when you don't have the the skill players to really kind of you just kind of you got you got guys that sh- that are out there that you should be able to just get that puck in, go get it, go hunt it down, be a little bit more physical, get the puck back, and then set up. I don't understand this because the other teams are just going to sit back. They're not going to pressure you at your blue line. They're not going to keep you know try and get a man you know down ice. They're just going to sit back and say, "All right, you're going to do that. Try and skate through us." It doesn't work. Yeah, I mean, on the entries you're talking about right now, but even even like yeah. on, on the play in the zone, uh, you know, like they had a chance many times to just pump it and pound that puck towards the net from the point or even the side, and they don't. And they did go 14 minutes, guys, in the second period where the shot on goal. Yeah. Uh, you know, so again, you know, I always look at it as if your five-on-five five play or your power play is going to mimic your five-on-five five play a lot of times. But the, you, you said something that's intelligent, and I, and, and, and I mean it because – it's not a skilled power play. This is should be a workman's power play. Go right. get the puck in deep. Go work your balls off to get it back to the point and then funnel towards the front of that. That's how this power play is going to have success. I believe it's two years in a row that they've been at the very bottom of the NHL in power play statistics. And, you know, again, uh, less is more for these groups here. And, and, and again, you can make it uh, sustainable to a degree but you're not going to do it trying to make fancy saucer passes. There's only a couple, two or three guys that are, you know, that are set up to do that, or at least to finish on types of plays like that. Is it a case where the team or the coaching staff is trying to instill in these guys, like what they would want the system to look like conceptually, even though the players don't have the skill to execute it? Like, I guess it's, it's that like idea of instead of building your special teams around the skill set that you do have, you're trying to force the not as skilled guys into the ideal setting of what you hope it'll evolve into. Like, is that, is that possible? Like, because in theory you would think a coaching staff led by John Tortorella would agree and would say, all right, skills not there. Let's get scrappy. Let's muck this up. Let's grind for goals. It wouldn't look like what they tried putting out there today. Is that the case? Or does he maybe have more faith in this team's ability to I don't know, possess skill that maybe we don't see. And <laughs> yeah, no, I, I yeah, there is, there, there's no skill, Russ. There's no, I mean, I'm like, not I mean, saying I'm not, there is, I'm not, I'm trying not saying to, there is. And I don't, I'm not saying that to try and make light of the fact that, you know, there are players on this team who could score goals. Travis Konechny can score goals. We know this, right? Sean Couturier is, at his at his best is is a really 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 good player in this league. There are players who can who can do things well on the power play, but man, you don't have that next level. You don't have those top tier guys, and so Bundy's exactly right when he says you got to just go in and outwork the other team on a power play. Just mm-hmm. just it's what it comes down to. There's nothing cute about this. They shouldn't be they shouldn't be trying to run set plays with backdoor cuts and pretty passes and things like they don't have that they don't have that skill just go out there put some bodies in front of the net get into those areas where you look for a rebound and put it in look the five on three goal is exactly what it was it's it's a shot 
Goalie makes a save. It lands at the on the ice. Konechny's in front. He's not being marked. He bangs it in. That's how you're going to score on the power play. You're not going to have pretty power play goals with this team, at least not many of them. Yeah, you're um, not going to have sustained attacks with beautiful plays. I mean, you're going to try. It's going to work sometimes, but it's not it's not a sustained um, attack that's going to be able to carry through the year. So you're better off building what you have through your personnel. And they're not a personnel group that should be trying to make really cute plays. They should be a hammer at home, chase the rebounds and stay in the battle. Um, We can go out here to, is this Taryn Hatcher? Is this Darian (laughs) Hatcher? Who knows? Uh, Torts has given the team the ball to make plays. They don't have the skill, but good on Torts for letting them try. Thank you, Darian slash Taryn. We don't know if it's either. We don't know if this is another Hatcher. Perhaps there's another one out there. Maybe this is H. Hatcher. Who knows? Who's to say? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we have we have some people who are like sniping at each other in the comments uh, about, about what this team is and what this team should be. We have Titan Flyer checking in from North Carolina. One of our friends who checks in quite often for when we do a live version of Snow the Goalie checked in from Sweden earlier, which is always nice. Actually, let us know if you're in the comments right now, if you're on Facebook or if you're on YouTube, drop it below. Let us know where you're checking in from. And again, if you're on Twitter or X Twix Twixter, make sure you head over to YouTube or to Facebook so you can comment. If you comment on the video on Twitter, we can't see it and pull it up on the screen. Uh, Guys, is there anything else that really stood out to you in this one? I, I did see... There were some people who were asking about the goalie situation um, about, you know, we know that Sandstrom, if he were to get put on waivers, could potentially get snagged. So they went into the season with three goalies. Um, There's that question of like whether Kolosev would be somebody that like could jump him organizationally on the depth chart. Does Sandstrom really have a place here long term? Um, And I guess I'll, I'll throw this to you. Have you heard anything that would make you think that Sandstrom could be going on to waivers at some point. Is this a situation where like the team really is worried about losing him? Like, what they, do you, what do you say? You you're, you're not going to carry three for the whole season. Well, they probably won't all st- for the entirety of the season. Right. I mean, I, I don't think you're carrying three all year, but at the same time, they can afford to carry three for now. Um, it sucks for the third goalie. I mean, there's no question about it. It's not an ideal situation because you're not playing. All you're doing is, practicing and even then you're just rotating in right to give you know when the other guy gets a breather you're going in and taking some shots and then you're standing off onto the side most of the game yeah so like you know you're getting paid to do that um but i do think that there's a there's they've got to be doing it for a reason i mean they're carrying 20 you can carry 23 he's the 23rd um you know i think it's just it's just you know a matter of time i I think you wait and see look urson's going to get a couple starts um Hart's probably going to start Tuesday in the home opener, I would imagine. But I would expect that that Urson probably gets a start, at least one start next week after that. Um, and you wait and see, see how he looks. How is he? How is he doing? If he's not, if he's not as good as he was in the short stint he was here last year, you can send him down, right? You can yeah. send him down. He, he's he's waiver exempt, and then Sandstrom ends up being your backup on a bad team, which doesn't really matter. That'll help you pick up some uh, some losses, some which, L's. Ultimately, which are ultimately some W's when it comes to the uh, the draft lottery. Um, hey, we had this. This one came in from Evan Atkins. Thought it would be more of a one A one B with goalies. Assume Hart will play the home opener. Um, it, I, I get I get that. I, I don't know. Did I didn't really expect to see Urson in the first three games, but maybe I'm wrong. Did you guys think that we would see him before like on either of these these road games to start the season? No, not at all. Uh, no, I think and Hart will play Tuesday night in the opener. I 
can't imagine it would. They, no, no, Hart will start Tuesday. I'd be surprised if they. You would did. think that they might throw it to Urson for Thursday. Yep, I would say that's probably like safe, him, yeah. safe, safe-ish to assume, right? Well, mm-hmm. it's either it's either that or or the first game of the trip. Um, okay. I mean, I don't know. You're going to throw Urson out against Edmonton, going out against Connor McDavid. I don't. Well, think, Hart, I think, that's Hart. That's Hart's hometown. So yeah. you can cancel that game too. So yeah, move them then to the next weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. Forgot about Edmonton. So Saturday, uh, we, probably Saturday in Dallas. We did ask people where they're checking in from. Let's go there real quick. Phantom Six Seven this is up in BC. Nanaimo. I'm not even going to try to say that. Ta- what, what's that town, buddy? Nanaimo. Nanaimo, British Columbia. Yeah. Nanaimo. Where's that? Where's that at, Bunny? Is that close to? Is that far from Vancouver? Where? Where is uh, that? It's north. I believe it's north of Vancouver, and I don't think it's too too close to the actual city limits. I think it's okay. outside the city a bit. Okay. Yeah. There was a Team Canada one year. I think we played a game there. I don't know the exact how far it is, but it is beautiful right there. Yeah. Scott says that he's being an asshat in uh in Langhorn. Nice. We got Cliffins in Hamilton, Ontario. Gotta love that. Yeah. Uh, Michael says checking in from couch in Dallas. Now, Michael, we do need to know is that Dallas, Pennsylvania, or is that Dallas, Texas? No, that's Dallas, Texas. That's, if if that's it important. was PA, he would have said PA. Uh, Allison's in. Allison's I feel like Mike. Okay. Go ahead. You can pull it up. No. Oh, I, I didn't know if you were doing them. Allison's in Houston. Yeah. Lisa uh, is in Salina, Kansas. Oh, I missed that one. I'm sorry. You can go that's back okay. to her. Um, Ryan's in oh, yeah, Saratoga Springs, New York. Um, guys, I think at this point, so I want to, there's, there's one I did want to oh, pull go, up. Bill, here. Bill Gordon. There you go. Yeah, no, no, this one I want to pull up is a question. It's, it's a good okay. one. Um, did Vancouver not want to change dates for Tuesday? So they settled for a time change. Um, good question. It, it is a good question. And, and the answer to that is yes. And the reason is, is you look at Vancouver's schedule, look when they come East, the next time that they're playing like the New York's, New Jersey's, Washington's, Pittsburgh's is a long road trip that they're in, and they're basically playing every other night. So there's really no other time that would make sense for them to come back in the schedule. So I don't want anybody to suddenly say, oh, Vancouver, they could have, they could have changed the game. Blah, blah, blah. When, they, when they're traveling here, it's there's, there's just no other time. I mean, that fit. You would have to move multiple games around. And not only that, the building would have to be available. People forget sometimes that the Sixers – have games scheduled at the Wells Fargo Center, <laughs> although who knows? They didn't build longer. that arena yet. What? <laughs> yeah. um, and and that there are concerts and other things going on at Wells Fargo Center, so it's a very busy calendar. And so, how do you make it work? And I, so, I, the the best thing to do is to just start it early. Look, starting the game at six, it, it, the baseball game starts at eight oh seven first pitch. So if at if the Flyers game is close down to the last second you might miss the first inning of the baseball game. If not, if the Flyers are winning big or Vancouver's winning big, you can flip over and and, and see the Phillies game and not miss any of it. And that's why it's better for that game to start at six instead of seven. By the way, I think this might be the coolest place somebody's checked in from. Although we did have that person check in from the from the flight, Ant, when we did yes, the first the episode of the morning yeah. after, after the first game, that she was up in the air flying to Chicago uh, while watching the show, which is pretty cool. But... Uh, Savellan Forest says 6,000 feet high on top of a mountain in California. How do you get That's internet up cool. there? Do That's they run cool. like a fiber optic wire? I have I have many questions, but I'm I'm here for it. Um, there was a comment here, by the way, that was really cool that I thought was nice. And then, of course, I lost it because um, I am who I am. But there was a question that came up 
or a comment that said that the person loves what we're doing with the flyers. Um, and that that's going to, I guess, lead us to having some real, like good inside access stuff. It is worth noting that as part of the partnership that we've come to with the flyers, we will at least have one or two guests on the show per month. It could be players. It could be coaches. It could be people from the front office, uh, from the business side of the organization. We'll have more people on and, we don't like to do that stuff just as, you know, filler. We like to get to know the players a lot better. We once made Chuck Fletcher seem human. We humanized Chuck Fletcher when he told that story about like punching a kid in the mouth when he was also a kid in school. Adult Chuck Fletcher didn't walk up and punch a kid in the mouth. All right, let's just be clear. We don't want to get, you know, accused of libel here. When he was a kid, he allegedly, according to him, punched another kid in the mouth. We humanized Chuck Fletcher. And if we can do that, we can humanize anybody. Let me tell you. So, um, Sorry, Fletcher Mort. I hope I didn't trigger anybody's post-traumatic Fletcher disorder. Uh, it's very, very important that we don't do that here. Um, I think that's probably about it. I, I will note, we did have somebody in the organization reach out to us after we did the morning after and we talked about um, the the absolute mess that parking is going to be or that we perceive parking to be. Again, I assume everybody watching right now is aware of this. The Flyers moved their start time for the home opener up to six o'clock. The uh, there's a friendly going on a soccer game between Germany and Mexico at Lincoln Financial Field at seven, and then at eight o'clock, NLCS Game Two will start at Citizens Bank Park. So if you are planning on going down to the Flyers home opener, and again, please come find us. We will tweet out and put on social media where we are doing press row show from somewhere in the arena where people are allowed to be around. Um, Get there early. I think that, and correct me if I'm wrong, the, the email said the doors will open to fans at 4 o'clock, uh, I believe. The gates and, and everything will open at 4. You can walk around. They've been doing a lot of improvements uh, in the arena. I can tell you that I used to be as big of a detractor of Wells Fargo Center as it got. They have dumped a ton of money into the place, and it's a much nicer arena now than it was before. Is it done? I don't know. I think they're still yeah. working on some different... No, 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 Okay, They're like, not, no, but wasn't yeah. there one more layer of things that they were going to do like next year or no? No, this is it. Am I wrong? Okay, yeah, you're wrong. You're wrong. I've been down there. I've been, yeah, that's right. That's I went right. to picking so, games. Yeah, you're wrong about this. Too. Yeah, ah, damn it. All right, zero points there, zero points there. Um, anyway, really cool stuff. Go down, make sure you find us, all that. Uh, By the way, I just wanted to point this out because I thought I, Kristen, shut up, shut up, Kristen. She was at the game and got back to her that? hotel. Back to our hotel to check out to know the goalie. So thanks for checking in. So, oh, I like this one. I like this for a shirt design. Need an Attaboy Sanheim tee. <laughs> That's a good idea. That'd be pretty good. That's pretty anyway. good. Anyway. Uh, we'll have to. We'll have to listen. We're always open to shirt ideas. Uh, you can send those to snowthegoalie at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at snowthegoalie, Instagram at snowthegoalie, TikTok at snowthegoalie. Uh, I think I said every social platform: Insta, Twitter, Facebook. TikTok, all at snowthegoalie, snowthegoaliegmail.com. You can find Ant at Ant San Philly. You can find Bundy at Cetarian6. I'm at Joy on Broad. We will be doing, as we've noted a few times, we're doing the show weekly, Snow the Goalie, the regular show, as you've always come to love and know it. We'll be doing that weekly. Um, I'm not sure how this first week is going to go because I think we can tell people what's happening, right, Ant, in the arena? We can tell them what's happening that we're going to be working with for the regular show, or do you think that's not kosher to talk about? I think it's yeah. probably kosher. Yeah, they're they're in the process. There's there's an area in the arena we've been you know asking for a space, so they're accommodating. They're actually building a studio 
um, in Wells Fargo Center, where we'll be doing our weekly show. It's going to look and sound nicer than when we do these remote shows. It's not going to be sanitized. I do want to point that out. We don't want the show to lose its authenticity, but it will be nice because the three of us will be in the room mocking each other and yucking it up and ribbing each other for 45 minutes, an hour, however long we decide to do the show. And I do want to point out that the plan is that we're going to be doing those weekly shows live where we can interact with you in the comments section on YouTube and on Facebook. And then, of course, Press Row Show. We've talked about it a few times now. We'll be live every home game at Wells Fargo Center for the Flyers. We'll be doing pregame, intermissions, and postgame. Bundy, of course, starts pregame on the radio. We'd encourage you to go listen to Bundy because we love Bundy. He's a valued part of our team. When intermissions happen and when postgame happens, you find us. Snow the goalie YouTube. And I will one more time point out the entire uh Press Row Show. It will be a non-stop stream. So you go on there for pregame. You listen to pregame. You pull it up. We have something that's going to be running during the game. And then intermissions and postgame. You don't have to go anywhere else. You can keep it up on your phone or your tablet. Uh, and were there any more comments that you wanted to get here? I know that you're mad that I just talked for so long. Is there yeah. anything else you wanted to get to? <laughs> I mean, literally, I was, I was like, I was going to start the timer again. No, I got okay. nothing else. This was good. Okay. Thanks. Okay. Bundy, anything else you wanted to get to from today's game? Good night, Russ. Attaboy. Attaboy. <laughs> All right, guys. We will be back on Tuesday. Back on Tuesday, uh, where we will break down. What are we, what are we gonna, where are we going to be? To no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Stop. I'm kidding. Stop. We will see you on Tuesday. Check out social media. We'll let you know what time we're going to go live. And of course, if you follow us on YouTube, we'll have the live stream set up. Uh, ring that bell and you'll get notified. So thank you for joining us. We will talk to you all on Tuesday for the Flyers home opener. See you then, folks. Talk to you soon.